Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm dropping the hammer. No, you're not. It's time for the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 here on Soonerscoop Podcast. Welcome in by... uh, Josh McQuistian and Eddie Radosevich here as well, who are uh, joining us, and it's been an eventful morning already, uh, as we're recording this podcast a little late in the week, it's a Friday, uh, the official signing day coming up on Wednesday, and uh, I've been doing a little board maintenance this morning, a little bit of a blow up, a little bit of a dust up, I guess the uh, Orange Bloods War Room got everybody's blood boil- boiled. It's a good way to kick off OU Texas weekend, right? It is OU the Texas weekend version. officially, yeah. The basketball version. Texas. Why is it that oh, every time OU has to go on the road to play somebody, they're catching them after they've just got a horrible loss? Yeah, like off of like the K worst. K State yeah. got their got, got that horrible by. Kansas loss. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia had been beaten, I think, before they went there. West Virginia's lost five of six now. I just don't think they're if unless you're playing them in Morgantown. I just don't think they're very good. They're terrible offensively. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, and I'm trying Oklahoma State. Of course, they have they haven't won since they beat OU at home. Typical. I didn't think that Oklahoma State team was any good when they won that game. No, they they play well at home, and I don't think they're going to win a game on the road. And they got that Smith guy hit like the buzzer beater at halftime, and then hit the game winner. He's sick, and he or no, he's back. It's it uh, was Tavaria uh, Shine that Shine is out that now. was out. Yeah, and Tavaria Shine played really well against OU, so. So yeah, you got OU Texas coming up this weekend. Then you got the big Monday, West Virginia coming to town. OU trying to get their uh, revenge game in there. Some some big games coming up with a couple big Monday appearances. And Trey Young continues to be ESPN's uh, gravy train. It, I I can't slam magazines gravy train. Like you remember, obviously Baker and everything that he went through over the last six months. It's it's on a different level with Trey. I've been I've been a little surprised just how like he is everywhere. You know he what is was the good? face of college basketball. You know it was good to me men- mentioning OU players. It was good to see Blake Griffin kind of get his first game under his belt. Yeah, in Detroit played kinda, well too. Kind of they look good because you know it just murdered him to be sent to Detroit. Oh yeah, from L.A. And to find out on Twitter and everything that went into and it. And he just and he has a movie coming out too, like his Does first really? real big movie. Now he's in Detroit. Is it me or is Detroit like the new Cleveland? Like Cleveland used to be looked at as like, oh, that's the place you don't want to go. And I feel like Detroit is now that that spot in all, whether it's sports or well, it's because the, you know, yeah, the, you get stuck on a flight. Like no, no matter what, you don't want to be in Detroit. They have a very nice airport. I mean, they have one of the nicest airports <laughs> that is around. I was 
I think we've both been in it, haven't we? Yeah. Were we going to West Virginia? Yes. I was talking to Toby Rowland this morning on his radio show about that. And remember who we saw at in Detroit? Oh, we saw Les Miles. Les Miles yeah. on his way to a Michigan game. That's right. But that was in Pittsburgh, wasn't it? I thought it was Detroit. It might have been. Because he was going to Ann Arbor. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we saw Les Miles. Unemployed Les Miles. Right. And his wife. And I had talked to him when he was a coach here a few times, but I knew he wouldn't remember me. So I, did, I was kind of like, hey, let – oh, never mind. I just let him go. Uh, well, the thing about Detroit is you've got the, the Flint water stuff, so it just seems like it's a third-world country. It really does. And I actually heard someone say that the reason attendance is hurting at Pistons games is because they used to have the Palace at Auburn Hills, yeah. which was out in the suburbs. Now their new arena is downtown. So they said attendance is hurt because people are afraid to go downtown. <laughs> oh, God. Don't want to walk around at night. <laughs> yeah, there's not, downtown Detroit is not where you want to be at night. Is it going to be like uh, like inner city public schools that play their games on Saturday at noon? Yeah, like Fair Park. Yeah. that Detroit, I have heard, gets a little bit of a bet. Like they're trying to make it. Oh, I'm not sure a there's bad a rap, but like it, it's it's better than people think. Oh, I'm sure it is. Like I would rather probably rather go to, I don't know, Detroit over like Rochester, See, New like, York. I love Chicago. I'm not that big on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's fine. There's nothing. I mean, this, they got a nice park downtown, ballpark. Yeah, Field both, is nice. both of the sporting places are awesome. Hinesfield, but and, Pittsburgh, uh, like as a city, NC. doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. I like the I like the trip up there. Cincinnati I guess we'll be spending Thanksgiving do up there me. next year. Yeah, the Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Boston Market, baby, you better be open. Oh no, we need. I want an invite from like Roethlisberger or Landry. <laughs> I want Landry Jones. Landry's to open not going to invite us to eat. At We've his been house. so nice to him on the podcast. <laughs> he should invite. He should break bread with us. I'm not sure he'd allow us to dig through his garbage. <laughs> no. I would. I, I wouldn't would, really blame. Him. I don't know that Landry, okay. I don't know that Landry really even knows who is and isn't on his team. I just don't think if he. You're cares. Landry, wouldn't you just assume pretty much everyone isn't? I bet he assumes everyone is. That's you probably think? why he's stuck up in Pittsburgh for well, so long. He's not stuck. He's making a bunch of money doing. Well, nothing. not stuck, but like hiding, hiding in Pittsburgh. He might be the. He he has to be the second highest grossing. OU quarterback behind Sam Bradford, doesn't he? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Nate Hibble had a little cup of coffee in the league. As far as, like, football money? Yeah. Yeah, straight from football? Absolutely. Oh, if you mean over career, for sure. I mean, because like you said, Nate was, what, maybe two years? With the Ravens and I think Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland is what I remember. Yeah. So, anyway. But, I mean, what what's Landry now? Five, six years? I mean, his last year was 2012, right? Was yeah, this is a, I think was this his is his second game? second contract. So, or no? Yeah, yeah. And, he's and not a contract. bad, yeah. not a bad backup role to have. A, you're no, on I mean, a good team, and B, you're behind Roethlisberger, who's yeah, kind of a warrior in plays. His career is tied to Ben Roethlisberger, just like who were the, okay, Josh? You're the perfect person to ask this question to. <laughs> uh, so when Peyton Manning had his neck surgery, was it, it was a painter, and who was the other quarterback that everyone found out that they were total frauds? And Jim Sorgi. Jim Sorgi. <laughs> like, uh, they were fine being Peyton Manning's backups, but once they had to play, everybody figured out that they weren't any good. And I think, 
Didn't they get cut and never to come back to football, both those guys? Yeah, when both of your backups are middle-of-the-road Big Ten quarterbacks, you know you're screwed. Jeez, like, I mean, you're not talking about, you know, like, oh, you know, for example, Tom Brady that played at Michigan, you know, it, it comes in for Drew Bledsoe. Sorge went to Wisconsin, and Painter was from Purdue. Like, neither one of those guys were ever going to be, like, they weren't brought onto the roster to think, well, someday they could develop into a starter. They Like, this guy could hold a clipboard really well for us. Well, hopefully Baker Mayfield surpasses him in career earnings and actually becomes a starter. Is that, I'd be interested in see how much he's made. Like, would Baker almost do that in guaranteed money on his first contract? Not with the new rookie deals anymore. Really? I, I mean, if you're a first, I just, I well, don't know you know how much what? Landry makes. If you're a first rounder, yeah. If he goes twelve or sixteen or whatever it is he's projected to go, yeah. I mean, I, he probably does in his first contract. I'm seeing stuff in top five and six, man. Like there was a lot of talk that he is. I think he really did well at the Senior Bowl. I mean, you guys oh, know I'm a great. junkie for that stuff, yeah. and I thought he. It sounds like he impressed a lot of people. You know, everybody knew he could play. I don't think that's what it was, but I think he definitely impressed a lot of people with the stuff in in the meetings and you know we talked about this in the pod we knew he would what did you did you take anything out of that watching practices anybody really i just can't believe that the dude with the, without a hand is going to be able to play football that is I, i'm with like it's it's such a it's, it's a, a great story it's a great you, story i i love yep, that guy exactly that he's persevered and and, and been a, a football player to program like UCF but this is the NFL, man. I don't see you, how you can get away with that. No, I mean, you root for him, but it's one of those things like logistically. Okay, so, I mean, just not to get too football nerdy, but he's going to play outside linebacker. Okay, so he's got to beat off the block with his inside arm and then make the tackle with his outside arm. One of those, he's going to be at a huge disadvantage. Like, I don't know, you know whichever side of the ball you want to play him on, left or right, that's fine. But one of those, he's going to be doing it with, with I mean, a stump. Like, I don't know what else to call it. And yeah, he doesn't have a hand. I mean, yeah, it's a stump. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, he's one of those kids, like, you love when you see, like, see interviews with him. He seems like a great kid, a great person. And I, I really hope I'm wrong. But at some point, man, that, that's got to play a role. That, like, I mean, that just, that's a really, uh, <laughs> that's an important appendage. Like, you know you what, you know what I, football. you know what I thought of? And I didn't, did you know that guy existed before the senior bowl? I didn't know UCF had a one-handed linebacker. I remember watching a couple games, and they, I mean, obviously, it was the kind of the lead story when the defense would go out. It's That's like, the first time that I saw him, and you know what came to my mind when I saw him for the first time standing there in a football uniform form with a stump? Scary movie, too. Let me grab him with my strong hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's what I thought of. <laughs> What was it? Oh God! Uh, I thought of like the Terminator, the T three thousand. Like I thought, like his arm was gonna like open an elevator. <laughs> like maybe it morphed Turn into, into something else. Yeah. Through. Yep. What? I can't. God, I hate to feel like I'm making fun of the kid. The thing I can't figure out is his arms don't look that different. Like I was the, looking the at with that. The hands like a his, little bigger. His bicep like, is not that big on, and maybe his bicep's uh, not that big. On his, you know, on his regular arm, but well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not, and does he have to put like? How is he lifting weight? I was wondering the same thing. Like, he's got to have some contraption that he uses. It's like a, I mean, you're not gonna lift weights with a hook. 
they, 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 do, hardcore they, they do wonderful things in prosthetics now. I'm sure there's something that that he has. We, we need uh we need Tiffany to weigh in on this. She's a big fugitive fan. She could uh she could bring in you know the one armed man and let us really know what's going on. Landry Jones in five seasons has made five point one million total cash. Total? Yeah, that's all he's made. That's what it says. I mean, I'd love to make five million in five years. Because he made twenty seventeen was his first season that he made over a million. He made one point nine this year. He's making two million this year. He made he brought home two and a half this year. Oh my god, that's a great job. Six hundred thousand signing. After next year, though, he'll make one point nine again in twenty eighteen. Well, yeah, his I mean, total his earnings agent, would be seven over seven million. His agent knows you don't need to make a whole lot of money. Just just be in the in the background. Yeah, and I don't see uh, I don't see Landry Jones necessarily just making it rain at strip clubs either. So he's not. He's probably doing he's well with his it money, up, though, as we know from his pro day. That's true. That's true. He's second. He is second. But you know, who's, you know, who's first Ben Roethlisberger because you're not playing. <laughs> Seriously, Uh, though, that is one of the most surprising pro day revelations ever. (laughs) Landry Jones. Was that Landry Jones had tats all over his body? More surprising than uh, than Kevin Durant. The uh, the wasn't there controversy when people found out that he had tats all over him? Yeah. God, some people in this state just suck. Okay. I just did the math. He had he was twenty three of twenty eight this year, so twenty eight attempted passes. Landry Jones made sixty seven thousand nine hundred dollars per pass attempt this season. It's beautiful. That good work. Is, that's good work if you can right. get it. Yeah, if you can get it, that's good work. Uh, okay, so as you mentioned, the the big signing day, the final sign. I guess we say the final signing day because I this is just the way it's got. I mean, every Power Five school. Essentially, the early signing period has become the signing period that you care about, that, that anybody's going to care. And it's so weird because you know, I have so many people I work with that are in the regular media, and I mean, we're in the regular media, but that don't cover recruiting. It's the best time of the year when like, they're forced to cover recruiting. Yeah, I mean, usually they're freaking out because they've got to learn about everything that's happened in the last year in this little month that they've got. And everybody's like, what do we do? And I know, like, editors and, uh, you know, publishers are freaking out because there's not all this rush of, you know, signings to cover, and they don't know what to do with their writers and stuff. So it's just, it's it's been a really big adjustment just from an interest in a really a, a, a news, a media standpoint more than anything. Oh, I, I agree completely. I mean, it's it's funny because back in December, I had almost no interview requests, no radio stuff. No, I mean, it was very, very mild, very pretty yeah, I saw much normal. You in, I me. saw you in the Oklahoma the other day, big shot. Yeah, like this week, I've done the Oklahoma and the world. Uh, I, I'm, you know, was going to do some stuff with some various radio shows. Like it's been it's been crazy, and I, I'm like. Guys, there's three people for us to talk about right now. Like in, in December, we could have had a conversation about a lot of different stuff. But for me, the more interesting conversation right now is just how December has changed everything. And if that's, I, I want to see next year if it's the same way. If it's if this is going to become the norm, and if you know seventy percent of the class is going to be signed in December, 
Well, then you're right, Kerry. Then the, the recruiting has forever changed, and December is the new signing day, and this is just kind of a secondary deal. But and people are. Uh, I people, think there's a chance it might kind of regress a little bit. People are always coming up to me like, you know, like, oh my God, what are you guys going to do? Is your business going to fall apart? And it's it's hard to explain. And I've, people that aren't subscribers that are listening to the podcast just because they're OU fans, like, even signing day for us, it had become this thing where it was just the final chapter, like, that was no big deal. It was just like this, okay. All the stuff we've been telling you about for a year now is happening today. And sure, there were some announcements, a few. But, like, Josh, I think even this year with three people, that's that's as many, if not more, signing day decisions as we've been covering over the last five years. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I that, mean there's the about... war. there was the War of Boko thing that you went mm-hmm. to. Uh, meltdown. The Meltdown. I mean, we, we've had those. I mean, th- they do exist still, but... But it wasn't like that didn't drive recruiting for us. It didn't, that didn't, there wasn't some big, it was made into a national event because the media made it into it. But it was almost like a, it's become like a letdown day for us. Well, for people that follow it really closely, I mean, signing day, guys, I mean, we've, you know, we've, the three of us have been working together for almost a decade now. I mean, like we, we know most of the time and people, and our fans can see it. You know, there is a, you know, a kid will announce on Twitter, well, then we've got an interview ready to run with him. I mean, like, so it's not like we're getting caught off guard on this stuff. We just kind of have to wait until the news gets to everybody else. And, or, you know, because it's not like we don't want to report it. It's just that this is kind of the way the world is recruiting. You try to take care of the kids and the sources and, and that kind of thing. So it's a little different in the way we operate. But, yeah, I mean... It's not, I think people always assume, and I, you know, I get into this every year, well, how exciting is this time of year for you? This time of year is stressful, man, because i got to do a bunch of stories, and it's all this kind of B-roll information, when in, you know, you guys go back to June and July, when OU went on that run, where they got nine commitments in a matter of like three weeks, that was exciting, that was fun to be a part of. This is, I mean, it, it's, I get, like you said, Kerry, it's I why it's a big deal, because Everybody else that follows recruiting one day a year, it's this is the day they know. It's kind of like if you if you didn't like giving gifts, but you were okay with Christmas. Like, oh yeah, this is this is great. This one day, and then I'm going to forget all about it. They're the 364. For us, I, or at least for me, it's far more exciting going to camps and getting to know some of the guys and that stuff. And I think for our real diehard fans, that's really what they like more than this. Yeah, it's it's. I want to sound like a football coach, but it's the process. It's, Trust the it's, process. It's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> That's do, more do you have of a big old ball of dip in your uh, in your lip as you said that. Hold on, think. Nah, I can't do it. <laughs> Be like Bubba Gump shrimp. Uh, so anyway, speaking of that, we were talking about some drama that was going on on the boards. Surrounding uh, Moro Ojomo, Ojomo. Is it Ojomo or Ojomo? I have always said Ojomo. I am not going to tell you I have ever been able to get Moro on record of how to say that. So it's entirely possible that Toby Rowland should ignore that comment and not, you know, should he play at OU, not take my pronunciation to heart. We're usually right, though. I mean, we usually have that stuff down. I try really hard. Like, I, I try, I mean, God. 
look at my last name, man. I've been I've had my name butchered since I was three years old, man. I try to get other people's right. You so. get you get so many kids though that when they have a to- like, here's what I've noticed. Here's where what's different about kids now. Like in the past, like you if you talk to Chuka and Dulaway, you'd be like, okay, so Ch- Chuka, how do you say your last name? And and he would pronounce it, and he would, you know, care how it's said, uh, and. You know, he would he would correct you, and he didn't have any problem with it. Now kids are just kind of like, oh, I don't care how you say it. You can say it however you want. So like, wasn't that Sutton? Was it Sutton that was like, oh yeah, whatever? Marcellius, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I had to say, well, what is your, what? Hey, how does your hey, mom? Carrie, hang on, yes. we may have some breaking news. Oh my gosh! You, you have some... Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> She is going to a pirate ship. Oh, wow. If, if wow. That. that is amazing. It's Lainey's first ever moment, February and 2nd, I, 2018. And as as many would predict, I talked over her. I What's tried. that, baby? <laughs> we can't write that. I am in my father-in-law's office, and he has toys aplenty in here, and oh, Lainey thinks my. it's very interesting. I don't mind hearing a kid playing on the podcast. Hang on a second. We have to coax a toy out of a child's hand, I bet. Just break it. <laughs> they won't care. They'll just they'll buy you more. Break everything. And then ask for Laney's currently being encouraged to break things in uh, your office, John. Real sorry about that. And and buy her a pony. And buy her a pony, I was told. Okay, sorry. She is now. We were. We, she is going to get some lunch and going with the family, and so I was being notified of that. And she walked right up to the microphone. Wow. Usually, I put it in front of her ready. face, and she will bail. But this time, she was ready to roll. Ready to ready to take on the uh, the role. So you're doing like the uh, baby tour right now. You're up That's, in Oklahoma. We we are baby touring it up. Like I said, we got in. Late last night, stopped by and saw some family in Norman, drove up here, and literally listened to Layla scream, I would say, an hour of the hour and 15 minutes uh, (laughs) on the way up here. She was pissed. She was ready to go to bed. So we got up here, put her down. I have been up since 3.30 this morning because she did not want to go to sleep. Um, And then uh, we're hanging out at Tiffany's parents today, going to go see my parents tomorrow. Tomorrow evening, go see my friends, and then Sunday, get up and try to get home in time to watch the Super Bowl. So it is, we, we run on a tight schedule around here, and it's really easy to do with a three-year-old and a seven-week-old. So, well, If you don't make it back for the game, you're not going to miss much. It's going to be an ass-kicking. <sighs> yeah, I really hate that you're probably right about that, because we all know I love the Patriots, but I, I think you're going to come out on that one. You don't think that Nick Foles is going to have a superhero effort? I think he's going to turn the ball over at least two times. I kind of agree with you. I I locked New England today. Yeah, there, I think that's probably a good decision. I think Nick. Yeah, I I I think Nick Foles will crumble. And maybe that's just me hoping a truly for great quarterback. I mean, the, the the game that he had in the NFC Championship was about as good as a quarterback could play. Yeah, that's that's his peak. I just don't think how, that he's going to be able to do it. How close to that does he need to be to beat the Patriots? Like 60% of that? He doesn't have to be that good. I would Their say defense is good enough and I'd say at least 70%. He's going to have to make he I don't know what the percentages is or he's going to have to make 3 of those throws downfield again. Yeah. 
I agree. Like touchdown throws. Because they're going to, I mean, and that's the Aguilar New England's thing, just going to press the hell out of them. Yeah, that. the Aguilar thing is wide open, but those other two were magical throws. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. Like, very few people on this earth could have made those throws. Yep. I mean, and, out of body experience. You know, and Foles has always been like that. He had that one season where they were like, everybody became, oh, God, he might be the guy. And then he just fell off and was nobody again for another three or four years. I, I want to say that that one year where he went to the Pro Bowl, like 13 maybe, something like that, he had like one of the best QBRs in like NFL history or something. Like it was some unbelievable year. It was it was when he was under uh, uh, Kelly. Yeah, he, I think he had like, 35 touchdowns that year to like yeah. three interceptions or something or 40 maybe. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. Uh, do you remember Nick Foles coming out of high school out of Westlake? Vaguely. Um, he was a guy. And I'm trying to remember who. Uh, hang on. Let me pull that up. Because he was, he was kind of, if I remember right, you know, he, no, no, he wouldn't have been across from Landry. But it was something like that. Like there was a guy that OU zeroed in on early and just never really gave Foles the time of day. And I can't remember. Let's see. He was class of oh, <laughs> he was class of oh seven, which would put him opposite of Keith Nickel. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So well, sense. I had that wrong. He it was not a guy they zeroed in on early. Foles was a guy they looked at late. And <laughs> funny, funny how these things connect. Keith Nickel leaves Michigan State to go with Oklahoma. Nick Foles ends up signing with Michigan State. Leaves and then obviously ends up at Arizona. That is, so. that's, that is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Keith Nickel ends up at that, Michigan State anyway. Yep. I did yeah, not. I, I got to get my Michigan State plug in there somewhere. So I did not know that his father is so big time. Nick Foles? Yeah. Who's his father? I, I'm with Carrie. I don't know who it is. He owns a restaurant group that owns like Eddie V's, and oh. like they sold it in 2011 for 59 million. Jeez. So they're doing okay. And he owns a restaurant in Austin currently that I looked up online. It was it's like Red Ash or some Oak Oak Red Oak or something like that. And it's a really nice restaurant though. Hmm. So that he owns restaurant tour. Yeah, and a big time guy in Austin. Like multi multi millionaire. Did his did did the whole giant penis thing just come out recently with him, or has that always been out there? Nick Foles. Yeah, I don't know. Did wow, I'm I'm clearly way behind in the Nick Foles news train. I yeah. didn't know anything about a large they, penis they, or his dad. They call him Nick the Nick the Dick. Yeah. Wow, that's a hell of a nickname. Good for Nick Foles, and especially for a trashy town like Philadelphia. <laughs> is he he's probably not married is he no i think he has a girlfriend that last i saw he was dating some girl that works for nike probably just slept around too much and word got out so any, I don't oh, even, he is married oh he's married he's been married since 2014 i guess tori moore is she hot yeah she played uh volleyball at arizona She's That's a, a good bet. I guarantee you every volleyball player at Arizona is hot. And tall and yeah. I mean, their softball players are hot. Jenny Finch, 
They had that pitcher after Jenny Finch that was hot. I think they suck now. I haven't seen Arizona. Didn't their coach go to Arizona or to uh, Tennessee or something? No, that was Arizona State's coach that went oh, to okay. Auburn, and then he got fired this past year because because oh, of all the his son's a creep. It sounds like. Yeah, and yeah. he enabled him. God. All right. Uh, so <laughs> getting back to <laughs> that's the fact. That's what happened. Oh, I'm not. I just, no, just, just where where we have gone in this yeah. conversation. It's it's podcast off the rails. Uh, so we were talking about Moro Jomo before uh, uh, our our pleasant visit by Laney. Um, mm-hmm. Now, so what what the whole thing was is, I guess Nick Kruger had talked to Jason Sukumel in the war room, or I don't know if it's Sukumel or whatever. And so he had they had put something in the Orange Bloods war room saying that you know it it, it was bad. I mean it was it was information that wasn't accurate that you know OU's not closing and they're having all these problems with decommitments and and I and I talked to Nick about it and the board you know blew how fast did that take to go to three pages like 30 minutes yeah that's Friday I didn't even know it was there I was finishing you know my part of the scoop and as I finish it I, I'm like kind of post it and go back to the board and I'm like what the hell is this three page thread I didn't even know there was a thread there at all much less I of length. didn't know until I got a call from Nick Kruger <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> saying, "Hey, can you help me out with this thing on your board?" And I was like, "Oh God, what have our pe- what have our guys done now?" Like they already hate Pharaoh, we know that. But is there now a there's pitchforks and torches out for Nick Kruger? And so he explained it to me that you know it, it was kind of taken out of context and that wasn't what he meant. Uh, I hope everybody kind of gives him the benefit of the doubt and just kind of can move on. Uh, but I do. I mean, I think. The Leon O'Neill stuff, it seems like that's just gotten further and further away for Oklahoma. And maybe it is, maybe it's just people kind of going, oh, well, Ajomo will probably kind of be the same way now that Alabama's come in and offered. But what, where do things kind of sit? And, and does OU have any hopes left there, Josh? Uh, I think they do with Ajomo. And what's interesting is. Kind of going into that Texas visit last weekend, I talked to some people that told me even I, – I got this impression even from the OU side of things that unless Texas pushed him too hard to commit or just really oversold him, it was going to be really hard for uh, for Texas to mess this up. You know, he, There was just a feeling that the proximity to home, the education in Austin, all those things just probably were hitting the right notes with him and – uh, like I said, I, I think I think there was a lot there for him to like. Coming out of that visit, I talked to some Texas people and definitely got the impression things had gone well, Texas was happy. And then I talked to someone who basically said, almost like he had told Texas, hey, I'm coming, just wait. And I kind of passed that on to some people and I talked to them. And I was pretty quickly rebuked from some people that said, don't, don't think Oklahoma's out of this. Like, that this is... This is not over. Like he's still, he's in constant contact with Oklahoma. Um, I, I, I presumably led by Calvin Thibodeau. So I, I think there is a lot. There is some reason for hope. If you made me bet, I'm betting on Texas. But I think Oklahoma still has a chance here. The the weird thing was is he was supposed to take all these visits this week. Like he was going to go see TCU. He was going to go see A and M. Both of those unofficials, and then go to Oregon this weekend. 
So I don't know if OU was able to get in their Lincoln Riley official visit uh, for the in-home because this was going to be the week they were going to do it. I am sure they did, but I don't know of it. So that's kind of the the interesting thing. And I, for Oklahoma to kind of stem that tide for Texas, they needed to get in home this week, and they needed it to be Riley. And so, like I said, we'll we'll see where that goes. I'm going to guess it probably happened the same day that Lincoln Riley saw Calvin Anderson. We probably need to talk about him a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of watch that. But I, like I said, I think Texas is the pick. I wouldn't give up on Oklahoma. If he signed with them next Wednesday, I don't think anyone should be stunned. It, it's kind of interesting, Josh. I, how much of Ojimo's interest do you think that, you know, particularly from the Oklahoma side, is it him just being courteous and, you know, saying the right things of, of communication, keeping the lines of communication open as opposed to true, real interest in, in signing with Oklahoma come Wednesday? I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I guess how much do you think Oklahoma has to decide between, like, is this guy not leading us on, but necessarily just stringing it out, I guess, and being courteous and keeping those lines of uh, communication open? Or is there real interest, do you think? I think there's real interest because there's a couple things. There is just dealing with this kid the little bit I've dealt with him, and it, it always this is always tough when OU gets involved late with a guy, because I've got to play catch up and some guys, you know, they kind of have the people they know to talk to and there's those relationships that already exist. I don't have that with Moro. So I kind of have to use other people and find information in other ways. And that's always a little tricky. Um, But with that, I mean, kind of to follow up on that, that's why I don't think it's unreal because to me, if he knew and he was done, he just commit and be done with it. This is yeah. not a kid that loves the process. He's not doing interviews and, and you know, kind of schmoozing with coaches. Good Lord, did you see the picture he took with the OU staff? He looked like he was furious to be there. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's not what it was. I mean, I know that in-home went really well from everybody I talked to, but it's just one of those things where this is not a kid that's just, oh, I can't, I love this limelight. I can't, I can't, I don't want this to ever go away. He's not that kind of person. So I, I, that's why I really don't think that's the case. What also I think plays is just with Oklahoma, they've got to um, – they there's no reason for them to concern themselves, I guess, in my opinion. So I don't know that this really plays into what you're saying or what you were asking me, but I'm going to go ahead and go on it anyway. There's no reason for Oklahoma not to continue because there's nobody else out there. They're right. not going to go chase some other guy. They, they want him or they don't. I mean, it's, it's the way that's going to work. So – there's nobody that they can say, well, okay, at this point, if we don't get him, we can go get this other guy that plays like him. Now, there was DeAndre Litterker was a guy we talked a lot about. We mentioned him last week. Uh, his visit ended up getting canceled this week. Uh, he was going to take an official this weekend. It sounds, from what I'm told, there will be no surprises on campus this weekend. Braden Willis, the guy who committed this week, he will be the only official visitor. So, uh, like I said, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll hear – you know, oh, you sneak somebody in like they did Michael Jones a few years ago where they just snuck him in for one day, basically, and he ended up signing with OU. So there's a lot of stuff that could happen, but I think Ajomo, they're just going to give him the college try because there's no other, there's no reason not to. I mean, if they get him, great. If they don't, you know, they're not out anything. Yeah, that picture on uh, that he put out on Twitter, that was a <laughs> body language nightmare. Yes, yes, that was... Um, 
There, there was no one that was like, well, he's signing with OU after that picture. <laughs> but even his dad didn't look happy. No, nobody did. Except for the coaches. Of course, you know, he could just have bitchy resting face. Yeah, I think that that was one of those things. Like, maybe that's just how they take pictures. Maybe he doesn't smile. Ever. It's possible. I tried not to. As a married guy, you don't get that option anymore. You're told to <laughs> smile. So. Uh, okay, so... Is it, basically, you're down to a Jomo, a Tank, Michael Thompson, Michael Thompson, and then uh, and then the transfer, Calvin Anderson, and I mean Josh Jeremiah Martin. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's gonna announce next week, but I find that pretty I know, hard to believe. Yeah, I mean. OU still talking to him. They, you know, Tim Kish went in and saw him this week. Uh, also, uh, Tank Jenkins. We can't yeah. forget Tank Jenkins. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I've just never gotten the feeling that OU was pushing really hard for him. Like I, I don't know why. It's just the impression I have. I, I think in the end he's going to pick Texas A and um, I, I felt that way. That was my first pick in that signing day preview story, and I've stuck with it ever since. So. Really, I, I think that's the way he'll go. Um, Michael Thompson's going to decide between OU and Missouri next Wednesday. He's going to announce it at his school. I think there's a lot of reason to think it's going to be Oklahoma. But anytime you're battling the in-state school, I mean, that's that's always tough. But mm -hmm. if there's any major city that doesn't really have an affiliation with its home state school, or, that is St. Louis and Missouri. I mean, Missouri just... For whatever reason, they don't do that well in St. Louis. So was, uh, was Ezekiel Elliott a St. Louis kid, or he was just he a was. Missouri kid? Wasn't he? Oh, he was. No, he was a St. Louis kid. Yep, and and his father either I think played at Missouri, if I remember right. Yeah, that's I, right. I know yeah. he was at least a student there, but he played at Missouri, and then everybody just assumed he was going to Missouri, and then Ohio State came in and swept him up late. So I mean, they they recruited him all along. I'm just saying, I think. It wasn't until late that everybody realized, okay, maybe he's not a lock to Missouri. Um, but yeah, so the, it's always been a tough area for them. I, but I think I think OU's in good shape with Michael Thompson, Tank Jenkins. It's Tank. Who knows? Like I, I I'd love to tell you I've got the answers. I, if you made me bet right now, I'd pick Oklahoma. But he's going to take a visit to Ole Miss this last weekend. He went with his cousin to Texas A&M. Uh, the quarterback James Foster that I think is going to go to Florida State, so I don't think that's going to end up being a big help for A&M. But I'm told he really liked that official visit. And so we'll see. I mean, he left the OU official sounding like a guy that was about to shut his recruitment down, and now here we are several weeks later. He's taken more official visits. And I, it's like I said, I, quote, I think I quoted it last week, but I was talking to a source, and he left, and he's telling me, I love OU. I think I want to go home and make a decision. You know, that kind of – I mean – those aren't his exact words. I don't want anybody to misquote, you know, put him out there like that. But he clearly was leaning in that direction. And then I talked to somebody that night. And I was like, well, you know, what do you think? You think Oklahoma's in good shape? Man, with that kid, it could be anything. Like, th there was nobody that was – their poker faces were on. With Tank, they just – they just keep doing what they're doing. They're going to keep recruiting him till the end, and whatever he does is what he does. You know, I think that's a really good thing about you know the 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 changeover in staff in terms of recruiting, like with Lincoln Riley. Like they like Bob and and his staff were always kind of like, look, we're not going to push too hard. We're not going to we're not trying to close a kid. We want him to make the decision because he wants me. Like 
Lincoln Riley, you just get the impression like that they're they're out there, you know, always be closing. They're out there with the the good leads, and they're they're making good out of. I mean, like, because like you know, Brendan Radley Hiles when he left, he was a silent commitment. I mean, we can talk about that stuff now. I mean, he he committed to the staff while he was on his visit, and then he went and decommitted from Nebraska. See, he's sleeping with another girl and didn't break up with his girlfriend first. It's kind of deal. Um, and then the eyeballs came out and all that stuff, and then you had to kind of wait out, and then he went to Clemson, and then it kind of became like a back. And then you know he told you, Josh, you know that that uh, at the U.S. Army game, kind of how that all played out for him. But the fact is, I think you would rather have a staff that gets kids to commit to you, even though it may be on you know shaky ground and they still have other visits to take. I think you'd rather have it that way than not have it the other way, to have it where the kid makes his decision after a long, you know, after a long, hard process of thinking about it. I've never understood the logic in that. You wouldn't rather have a guy 50% in the boat than not at all. Yeah. Like, if he commits to you, you know at one point you led. So at that point, like, it's not just him telling people or, you know, telling you the crap you want to hear. He has publicly said, you're my, you know, you're the school I'm going to. Why would you not want that? I, I, I never understand. Now, don't get me wrong. There is diminishing returns. If you push too hard, you can push a guy away. There's no question about it. But just to be like, well, we want him to come to it in his own time and blah, blah, blah. These are 18-year-old kids, man. As soon as you hang up the phone, Florida State is calling or Ohio State's calling, and they're selling him all kinds of great stuff too, and your message is going to get muddled. But if you can get him to make that declaration – that's how you start building momentum. And one guy says, "Oh well, I saw him. Com- I saw Spencer Rattler commit. Well, I'd love to play with Spencer Rattler. Let me let me look into Oklahoma." So it ends up growing on itself, and that's why you see Oklahoma with so much momentum already heading into 2019 because they've got so many quality commitments already. And the staff has kind of proven that you know when when it happens and someone commits, and then they decommit. Uh, I mean, it was Ceedee Lamb, right? Ceedee Lamb did that. Yep. Uh, I always get him and Charleston Rainbow confused which one did that. Um, but, I mean, it's worked with, with Brendan Riley. Brendan Riley has didn't decommit, but he committed without making it public. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, this staff has done a really good job of not burning those bridges when kids decommit, and they've been able to get them. Like, that's been a good thing, even though kids have decommitted. They, and we'll see with Theo Wees what happens there. I, I agree Henderson. completely. Because, I mean, you saw a guy, you know, Oklahoma would get frustrated and just say, oh, he's not worth the trouble. You're going to tell me now Sedarian Lamb wasn't worth the trouble? Like, that, that dude's going to be one of the best receivers ever played at the school. Yeah, he was worth that effort, you know. And, and does it make you swallow your pride sometimes? Sure. Yeah, you got to put up with some crap. But you get that guy on campus, and now you have the talent you need to go start pushing to an elite level and playing elite guys. It just, you know, it's like OU with Ronnie Perkins. They, they, you know, quote-unquote led, and he canceled two or three trips, and it just never worked out. Well, then he goes to Texas, and everybody's like, oh, Texas, he's in love with Texas, blah, blah, blah. Well, then he, they just keep working him. He finally makes that trip to OU, and he commits while he's there. So, I, you know, that's you, – you just have to keep working these guys. You can't get frustrated. You can't get – and I think one of the best signs you can see that OU is both happy with what they've done and feels good about 2019 – you're not seeing a bunch of panic offers. You're not seeing them go after, you know, uh, oh, God, who was the guy 
from Arizona Western that started in the Sugar Bowl against uh, the huge guy, massive guy. Savage. Uh, Antoine De- Savage. You're not seeing Deontay that. Deontay Savage. Savage. Deontay Savage. Savage. Now, and I know uh, that was Bill, that was one of Bill's first offers. Yeah. Like, I know why he made that offer because he had no bodies. He knew he needed somebody. But you're not seeing that stuff. OU is going to go with who they've got and push it right on to 2019. Yeah, and I think you also see that kind of in discipline, too. Like, Lincoln knows he he's not afraid to kick somebody off the team because he knows he'll just go out and recruit somebody else. There is a obvious philosophical changing of the guard, if you will. Between Lincoln and Bob. Oh, yeah. I think well, Lincoln's it, younger. He's cocky. We've he's seen cockier, it. We've seen it confident. in the last month. Yeah, I think I think Bob, I don't know, his recruiting sort of handicapped him a little bit with some of that stuff. Maybe. I, just, I mean, he just wasn't willing to make. I think he was willing to tear down the bridge as opposed to Lincoln Riley, who's willing to pour gasoline all over the bitch and just light the whole thing on fire <laughs> and doesn't really care. Doesn't ever he's look just back. like, we'll just rebuild it. Right. Yeah. And make Bob it Bob was a fan of the cold war. Lincoln was going to, he, he was, he had no problem putting fire on the gas. And you got it. So. I think nowadays you have to do that. You have to be, I don't know if proactive is the word, but you have to be willing to step on some toes to get to where you need to go. Yeah. But you know what? Bob had been here for 18 years he knew, okay, you kick Chris Robinson off the team, Baker leaves next year, Kyler Murray wins the job, Austin Kendall leaves, what do you have at quarterback? Like, he thought, he'd been through enough stuff yeah. to where he could see that stuff play out, but, you know, Lincoln's just kind of like, well, okay, so we'll go get, uh, we'll go get, uh, what's his name from Waco Midway? When, when, you, can rely, when yeah. you can rely on or believe in your efforts of recruiting, I think it makes it a lot easier to make those hard decisions and cut ties with people when you know that, hey, I'm good enough on the recruiting trail to go find somebody to replace this guy. I don't have to backdoor my way in. Yeah, but anybody. let's face it. I mean, is just just from high school careers, is Tanner Mordecai better than Chris Robison? I would say no doubt. Really? Well, from... From a career standpoint, yeah. I mean, From he played a for a state championship. Yeah, well, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I just meant, yeah, not career. That was the wrong way. To put, I, I know, I, I know what you meant, though, Carrie. Yeah, ceiling, all that stuff. Like upside, yeah. future upside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because guys, let's. Robinson has some Baker in him. He does. Oh, like, yeah. there, there's some of that ad lib ability and just arm talent and that kind of stuff that just not everybody has. Now, the problem for him or anybody else is if you assume Kyler's going to win the job, if Rattler's half as good as I think he is, everybody else is going to be keeping the seat warm. Like, it's yeah. just... Uh, Rattler's got a chance to be a special, special guy. Um, well, now, but, that, you know, now that Chris Robinson's you know, not here, we can say it. You can't trust a guy that wears yellow tinted sunglasses. <laughs> ever. You know, but, Kerry, to your point, I, I think it's a, it's a really good one, and it's something I, I've talked with some people about. It's... They're betting on themselves in 2019. Like with Tavion Thomas, you know, people try to say, "Oh, they lost the commitment or they dropped him." He's not going to qualify. It, that that that. And in the day and age where you can only sign 25 and your numbers are limited and you have to be careful with that, they didn't want to sign him and place him somewhere. He he's. I mean, because he's a good player. It's not like if they if they could sign Marvin Wilson and place him, they would have done that. But this is not Marvin Wilson. This is a running back. OU has no problem recruiting running backs. They're going to be fine. There was no reason to make that step. With Travion Johnson, they're just betting on themselves in 2019. 
I mean, because he's a good player. He's not a great player. If you can get, you know, if you could give him up and then sign Theo Weiss or Garrett Wilson or RJ, probably R.J. Henderson, then, yeah, you, you're going to make that trade. That, that's fine. You're good with that. So Oklahoma, this is, like Eddie said, it's a clear I don't philosophical confidence difference. However you want to term that, they are looking at it very differently. They're betting on themselves that, yeah, we'll go get a guy that's better. We're going to get a guy that's going to help us. They can probably play as a true freshman because he's probably going to need to. Yeah, and I, I think, I don't know, maybe some of it too is Lincoln just kind of wanting to set the tone since he's new. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't – Lincoln is not that intimidator that Bob Stoops – like, everybody was afraid of Bob. Yeah. Like, Lincoln is so likable. And, I I mean, he gets into people, and he's a disciplinarian, but I think he has to do it more with his actions than he does, uh, you know, with his personality. Whereas Bob was just an intimidating son of a bitch. Likable until he pulls your scholarship or – Processes you. I mean, or, I don't. I. I. It's still to this day. I. It, it baffles me that Bob had to put up and did put up with people like Camille Jackson. Yeah, it's a name I haven't heard in a while. Or Quentin. Well, Quentin Hayes just quit, didn't he? Or did Quentin Hayes get kicked oh, out? Quentin Hayes finished. Yeah, he finished. There was a bunch of guys though that. Who was the other kid from like West Orange? There was. Oh, you're talking about Trey Franks and uh, Trey, James uh, Haynes. James, James Haynes. Haynes is the guy. Yeah, he got. Was James Haynes one of the uh, guys that was taking up 10 percent of his yes, time? Yes, yes. He and Camille or, Jackson. 90 percent of well, his time. Well, and at that time it was Trey Franks too. I think. Like Trey Franks got. I think he got suspended for like a long time. The and had to come back. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, he got he got basically kicked off the team for a little bit. And had to earn his way back. After mulling through that, like, 2010, 2011, was it that about right? Time, Yeah, time it was frame? that Insight Bowl, yeah. It's almost amazing that they ever got back to, you know, technically where they where he left the program, winning back-to-back Big 12 championships. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of the, you know, the defensive problems. The beginning of the end of the beginning? I mean, that, that <laughs> the was... The way to put it. That was, that was when the spread was really just kicking everybody's ass on defense. And yeah. Johnny Manziel was the ringleader of that. Manziel was the ringleader, and Art Bryles was letting yeah. Art campus-wide was, rapes happen. Yeah, Baylor was coming to power through questionable means. God, I'm, I'm looking at the 2010 class, guys, and it's staggering how boom or bust this whole class was. Like, you either were an NFL guy or you were nothing. I mean, like, not even like, oh, he was good depth. Like Corey Nelson and Geno Grissom to start with. Okay, yeah, those guys will help you win. Eric Humphrey, Damon Williams. Mm. I, I I remember Eric because I liked him in high school. Damon, I can only vaguely remember. Uh, Tony Jefferson, Tony Jefferson, and Kenny Stills. Okay, awesome. Austin Haywood, not as much. Like I mean, I don't want to go through the whole list. That'd be really monotonous and awful. But like that's an example of what it's Clay like in that class. Yeah, oh, they, Aaron Colvin's in there. Trey Millard's in there. Then you've got Justin McKay and Aaron Franklin, James Haynes, Trey Franks. You know, it just it just was. I mean, like you either really helped or you were out of the program in a couple of years. The the 2010 class was bad. You want to you want to take a just a swing and a miss almost on every kid. Look at the 2011 class. Just decimation. God. It's I loved Bennett Akacha. I thought he was going to be such a good player. Dan Tapkow, Dylan Dillon, I remember Marcus Ak- Anderson, Max Stevenson, Nathan Hughes. Max Stevenson. 
Machwire, show me your penis, Trey Machwire. <laughs> oh, you got no, can I borrow two? Oh, you got <laughs> two NFL guys out of that class. Jeez. One of them didn't finish his career at OU. It Brandon was... Williams, the five-star running back, and Jordan Phillips. Those are the only. Uh, if you want to count Neela, I guess you can count Neela. That was the but... height of the offensive line problems. Derek Farniak, Dylan yeah. Dismuke. Oh yeah. It was just amazing though. Well, they they whiffed on so many guys for really basically a you know a two three year stretch. Really, you know what's crazy about that class? Oh god, that's Camille Jackson year. The, what's crazy about that class is Jordan Wade might be the most one of the one of the top three successful players from that class. Yeah, yeah. Neela Jordan and him. Jordan Phillips. Neela Jordan and Jordan. Yeah. I guess Frank Shannon. You could have the conversation. Uh, bad one. Yeah, I mean it's uh, when Frank Shannon's in your top four conversation, things have gone terribly wrong. I mean, he was he was good in that what 2012 season? Was that when they went to Notre Dame, or is that 2013? Uh, no, it was, uh, 2012 or no 20? It was 2013. 13, yeah, yeah, because 13. That, I mean, Frank Shannon and Corey Nelson were a really good linebacker. I mean, everybody talks about when's the last time oh you had any decent linebackers. Corey Nelson and Frank Shannon to start that year, that was a really good tandem of linebackers. Mm-hmm. And Frank Shannon played with a cast on his hand most of that year. And then the but, Title IX stuff happened. Oh. No, no, what is it? That's just a There's, really dark period for me. I mean, it's always going to be the Joe Mixon, Frank Shannon era. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a cloud hungover for two, three years, oh, really. Oh, God. The whole thing, I mean, just insane. Well, I mean, you can't. I mean, you just go down the list. Like, there are some amazingly bad classes. Like, guy, and especially some of the worst classes that you had were classes that were supposed to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like, 03, you had Brandon Keith and Tristan Ross and Courtney Tennille, Dane Zaslaw, Demario Pleasant, Tony Cade. Stop me when I get to someone who actually played. I mean, Brian Zimple, Anton Reed, uh, Joe John Finley was one of your standouts of that class. I mean, it just. Tommy Grady, Millington. It's, I, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, that's, you know, people always say, well, recruiting rankings don't matter. And there's there's some evidence that, that at times that's true because that was the number three class in the country that year. Wow. Lawrence, Lawrence Dampier panned out. Yeah, he had a hell of a career. <laughs> Big Mo. But I'll tell you, Kerry, and you can probably back me up on this, not a, li- not a more likable kid you'd ever meet. Like yeah. Mo was so good to deal with, just, but he's, he a, just, he's a sweetheart. He just, yep, he was, but he was an idiot. He just oh, he, he was good. a lovable idiot. Yep. I will never forget sitting there at the spring game after he'd been kicked <laughs> off the team, uh, walking behind the bench, looking up, and there's Mo Dampier eating one of those lemon chills, just just watching the spring game, just hanging out. Hey, that I played football here. Do you know? Did you know that? Just like talking to people in the stands. Oh, Lord. That's awesome. There's nothing sadder than that. Don't be that guy, kids. Yeah, if you get kicked off a team, don't go to the spring game the next year. (laughs) And sit in the front freaking row. (laughs) Eating frozen lemonade. That, yeah. The spring game is definitely a platform for, uh, for the former player to come back and... 
you're either you're either doing really well because you just finished up in the NFL your rookie year, yeah, or you come back and it's like, so what are you doing? Where are you living? You're not playing football. I know that, <laughs> but what are you doing? How are you making money? That's my question. Yeah, that's kind of like going to your ten year reunion after you just lost your job. <laughs> yeah. Uh or you never got a job. Renting cars. Renting cars out there. Yeah, that's mine. Uh <laughs> so you mentioned the spring game. Uh Lincoln Riley has thrown down the gauntlet. Gauntlet. He wants eighty thousand people there. I don't know if that's possible. And it's especially not possible if you put the same product you've been putting out there for the last few years. Because we know that Lincoln Riley doesn't want to show anything in a spring game. He made that abundantly clear. Right. You have to at least tell people, okay, maybe the quarterback's live this game or so, you know, for this spring. You have to do something. That's why I kind of, you know, he kind of hinted at it when we talked to him. Um, God, when was that? Last week? Was that last Friday? Feels like a, a month week ago. ago from Friday. Okay, yeah. two weeks. Two weeks from today. Two he weeks ca- ago. He kind of hinted at it that you know they have something. Up know, their he sleeve. didn't say up they're their sleeve, but yeah, it, yeah, they're working on something. You saw Florida State come out. They're going to have, uh, I think, Salt and Pepper and Are Vanilla really? Ice play a post game show. So I, it'll be interesting. There's enough damn bands coming through here on the casino circuit. You think they can get somebody? Yeah, you can't. Although the casinos, well, I like you know. Do like the they have that tone low does that uh, uh, hip hop uh, legends tour get maybe get them if they out. bring tone low I would advocate people don't come. What if, what if he brings Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock? I would tell people just stay home. It takes two, Eddie. What if what if uh, they got like the Backstreet Boys? You like some boys? Yeah. I, I don't know. You gotta, I you gotta impress me. Bring somebody relevant. Eddie, did you see the news that uh, that JT has shot down any in sync reunion during the Super Bowl? Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> I don't want to see it because they're terrible. In sync. Yeah, there's oh a reason God. Justin is the only one that has a career. That's he was in sync. You're getting to see in sync because when you watch Justin Timberlake, that's the best you're gonna do. You don't need I Joey you- Fatone. But will he will he perm his hair for us though? You don't one need more Lance Bass. They're just hangers on. I don't even know who else is it. The wh- who's the guy with the Adam Duritz looking hair? Oh, uh, God, there was a, it was there was a guy with initial uh, J J D J R. No, you J A or whatever. J A. That's a Backstreet Boy. Is it okay? Yeah. The J guy. The J C Chazes. Oh, J C Chazes. Yeah. Okay. Did nothing. I was like, he was on Dancing with the Stars. Was he? Did nothing. They need to bring in somebody like big time if they're gonna have a post game show. Like ninety eight degrees had more people with talent in it than NSYNC did. Oh, that'd be awesome. Bring Nick Lachey. Let so him, you're down for ninety eight degrees, yeah, but bring, not let him, let him be a boys. captain for the game. He's a Cincinnati guy though. He might not do that. Then he could sing "I Do." Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be the only reason <laughs> to go to spring game. What about like Montel Jordan? Uh, I would prefer nobody that had a big name in like 1990. They're not getting. They're not getting. Well, then it better not be Toby Keith. That's all. I'm, I'm sorry, Toby, but you know, uh, the stage. How won't, do you like me now? The stage won't be too big. I mean, it won't. That's not a big enough event. For I'm him just to come saying to. they need to. 
they need to get somebody where they're actually going to have to pay some money for him. You know my theory on Toby Keith. I don't want to know. He only shows up to big events. He goes to women's basketball games. Uh, that's probably that probably has some kind of contract to do with OU. That's He's probably not signed true. a contract with OU that <laughs> that's he has to come true. because nobody else will go and watch them lose by twenty five. Maybe he just likes. Maybe he's close to Sherry. That could be. That could be true too. He needs to start an investigation on why she's stealing money from the university, though. <laughs> God, you knew where that was going. <laughs> They're not good this year. They're under five hundred. Can, like, at what point does it have to stop? Uh, well, when Bourne's gone, it'll stop. Trust me, the athletic department does not like it. They they are. The people in charge of the athletic department, they're they're as as disturbed as a lot of fans are that they have to pay a women's basketball coach a million dollars. Because and it'd be one thing if she was Gino, like and was producing at a really even even going to a Final Four pretty regularly. But yeah, they've been. They, I mean, what is this like? They haven't been since anything the Paris, since the Paris like, Twins were there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. She's only. They don't want to pay Patty what they're paying her, because it doesn't make any money. Yeah, don't tell people that. You're gonna piss Eddie off now. I'm trying to look I mean, up. It's, it's fan gymnastics is great. I mean, national championships are awesome, but those don't make she, money. Sherry Cole's only trailing Gino by like 600 some wins. <laughs> <laughs> so she 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 runs off a couple. Uh, Undefeated seasons, maybe, just maybe. Now, maybe when they when they get the new facility built for softball and they have like luxury loge boxes or whatever, maybe they can make some money then. Need to talk to Lauren Chamberlain. Maybe she'll uh, donate some money. Do a get a softball loge. Yeah, loge box. Stock yeah. only with Natty. Oh, that'd be awesome. They should do that. Maybe you could get Natty Light to. You got some pull. Maybe you could get them to, you know, help sponsor you. Yeah, maybe. I'd put an ad banner on Sooner Scoop for you. We could do that. We could give them a spot in the podcast. We could do that. Pot, Natty Light, let us know. Let us know. We'll start it. We'll start the. I mean, I think softball media day might be today. Is it? Maybe this weekend. Are you not going to go to that? No, I. I told Kenny Mossman, I only show up for parades. I don't I don't I don't pay attention to anything they do until June. Have you ever gone to the College World Series as media? Yeah, I well no, I not to cover it, but I worked for ESPN. Oh yeah, yeah. Doing some stuff. Um But yeah. Cuz we had back in the day, it's an interesting uh, collection of people. Don't say anything negative. You're not allowed but back in the day when RJ was working for us, he actually covered the World Series for us. Did a good job. Cool. There you go. That's nice. I appreciate that, Eddie. Um, so the spring game, 80,000 people. And the reason is because, Josh, what is the, when is the first, do you know that when the juniors can take their first official visit? Is it in April? Is it just like April 1st or whatever? It, it honestly, Carrie, that is a question I should know the answer to, and I just don't. Well, it's um, all new to everyone. Yeah, I should say, I, it's one of those deals where, for some reason, I got it in my head. I mean, and I, I've obviously corrected in the last few weeks, but back 
around Christmas. I had it in my head; it was still a season away. That that's how I guess brain dead I had gone there for a few weeks with the baby and everything else. So uh, I I will learn that answer and figure that out. But I do not know right now what the timeline is. Obviously, April fourteenth is you know it, it has started because that's when they're having their spring game. Yeah, but that will be. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be interesting because I think as much as we're trying to figure out all this, you know, early signing period stuff, I think the coaches are probably trying to feel like they're going to make that a huge weekend and they're going to bring in all the big names that they can. Like, is that what you want to do, though? Is that the smart play to try and bring everyone in that early uh, in their junior? Because you only you still only get one official visit. So... It's not like they can come back again on an official visit when they're a senior. That's that's really interesting to me because do you want to, like, if the kid's going to take all five officials in the spring, fine. But what if, what if I'm that school? I want to be the last one. Yeah. And then he's taking all four, and then I'm like, ah, oh, why don't we wait till the season? Let's wait till the season, then we'll take that fifth, because then he's got all spring and summer to forget about those four he took. And then the one he's going to take is to you. And it's, you know, I mean, now obviously it can backfire because he could change and go somewhere else. But then you'd be the only one where he saw a live actual football game. And I, I don't know, like, I, I, I think that would be pretty interesting to see how that kind of is going to be played because we've never watched this. We've never known what the, are the kids going to be so excited that they can take officials that they burn through them real fast? Or are they going to be patient and yeah. wait till the season? I don't know about you guys. I would have no interest in taking spring official visits. I, you would have that, no that interest? Ho- What's that? You would have no interest? No interest in a spring official visit. None. As a junior. As a junior. No. No, like if that's the only visit I could take, sure. But if I can take my five in the fall, I'm taking my five in the fall. I want to go see games. I want to be around it on a, a game weekend. Yeah. I Like go to the spring game and then catch what? They're going to be great victory parties after the the red beats the white, like whatever. Uh, I, spring's a good time for uh, fraternity parties. Okay, I, I'll I'll trust our resident expert. It's a really good time. Yeah, but I, it's a good point because you you do really want to be like. I mean, you better close. You better you better get some commitments out of those kids. I mean, because if they do this and they and they realize that kids don't want to commit. You know, or, or you know, they, they don't get really any commitments out. I think you have to rethink it for the next year. And by the way, if you only get forty five thousand people to show up for the game, then and and then a kid waits and goes during the season, you're kind of going to look bad. I mean, if I think if a kid's making a decision off of how many people are at the spring game. That kid probably isn't going to ever play very much. Well, you know where they go to school, Eddie. Those are the kind of guys that don't go to the spring game at UCLA and don't realize that no one's there, and then they go to UCLA. Yeah, and yeah. we all know that you go to UCLA not to win football games. <laughs> UCLA, well, Texas A&M, of, and Nebraska. I think so. there'll be a lot of fans at A&M, so... Well, that's got to be the choice. That makes sense, though, because that's probably an organized period for the Colt to meet. It is. 
I and I'll say, you know, kind of to get on the side, from everything I'm told, that junior day at A and M last weekend went really, really well for A and M. I'm sure they I handed out a bunch of suitcases with money to seven on seven handlers. Yeah. Yeah. I there there's gonna come a point with the way A and M's playing the seven on seven stuff that it's gonna backfire because you just Texas high school, Florida high school coaches are not like Texas high school coaches. You cannot play that game. You're, you're going to have to be on their side or you're going to be against them and you're going to lose that fight. Nothing more than I'd like to see than the Jimbo Fisher experiment literally it, come to a burning end. It was, it was a mistake, but at least Tom Herman showed that he understood Texas high school coaches when he went after IMG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean he was too strong in the way he did it but uh, i mean and having a commitment that was already there yeah that was a interesting choice um and then of course he backtracked off of it as soon as he could when the vodka wore off (laughs) vodka tom (sighs) or when his or when his wife gave him his phone back she's a feisty one she's a bitch okay So, um, that's out there. Yeah, spring game. We'll see what they come up with. I mean, they're going to. It will be interesting. They're yeah, announce and I think that they will have something. I just don't know what it would be. And but you know what thing they could do based off Bob of, Stoops statue dedication day. Yeah, that won't do anything for the. Nobody's going to show up for that. People will show up for that if you have like Bob Stoops celebration day. Yeah, like sixty-five-year-old guys that tweet recruits probably will i don't know if that's the demographic that you want at the game you could argue that it's exactly the demographic you want at the game because it's the guys they're going to be telling those, those recruits. people buy tickets i know and hot dogs and i'm just saying those cups. are the guys that are going to go love up the recruits and tell them how great they are yeah you know? i don't if i'm lincoln riley i'm doing everything i can not to let those guys talk to any of the recruits that are there Oh, I mean, the interaction between the fans and recruits is just, hey, love you, man, come to you. Sorry. It's my hick voice. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't We're say We're in it. trouble again. Uh, I mean, uh, kids Hey, brother, follow stuff. back, brother. I got a question. <laughs> Hit me up in my DMs. <sighs> We're going to have to go back to voicemails. All right, uh, so losers can't can't win Scott, with them. Can't Eddie, win you're without breaking them. rules. <laughs> Stop it. We're not calling anyone losers, even though you just did and broke the rule. Double secret probation, Eddie. All right. Uh, I apologize for not apologizing. <laughs> I think you should stop. Uh, Spring game, I don't know what they'll do. I mean, you got to promise a certain amount of trick plays, maybe. Maybe uh, if, if you had to have a coach dress up like Lincoln Riley run a series at quarterback. Oh, that, see, that could that, that would catch my interest. I don't want to watch for that. Let, uh, like, Red Panda perform during action. Let the crowd. She doesn't like, have a unicycle. She can't perform anywhere right now. Those bastards stole it in the, in Golden State. It's unbelievable. 
what if the crowd could run an offensive series? Like you had like A, B, C, and D up on the scoreboard, and they could pick the play. They yeah, want to that'd run. be good. That's a good you idea. Could do something like that. Although the defense would know. <laughs> well, yeah, like you'd have to work on the honor system. Defense can't turn around. Don't <laughs> don't look over there. Uh, maybe like I don't know. You could do have Tim Kish Tim Kish quick change. What make, do you mean? That'd make, be funny. <laughs> you know, really you know the, the the NBA Act quick change. No. I you don't, you've never heard of quick change? I guess not. I have a, I have a hole in my knowledge. I'd like to they, hear more. They change clothes faster than you think is humanly possible. Really? Yes. Okay. It's a guy and a girl. Why's it got to be Tim Kish? Because it would just be funny. Oh. <laughs> to have Tim I'm going to guess there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are thinking of a lot of other ways that Tim Kish could entertain them. <laughs> you tell him to leave. Yeah. Dude, give him his walking papers at the 50, Lincoln. I'll show up for that. Uh, for Okay. We've had a few things show up on the board in this in this regard with people like, I'm going to protest the season if Mike and Tim aren't fired. Right, yeah. That's the stupidest that. thing ever. You're hurting your team. Like, what? Like that's not... That's not going to accomplish anything you want to accomplish. There, nobody is protesting. Trust me. Once the season starts, no one is protesting. Oh, I, I agree completely, but it's just a stupid premise. Like, and I'm sorry to the person that said it, and I'm kind of bagging on you, but it's just dumb. You're not you're you're hurting the school you claim to love because, like, empty seats. It's bad for recruiting. It's bad for the team. It's bad for like there. There's nothing you're going to accomplish that you want to accomplish. I think it's funny. I think I think that's the most outlandish post on the board that has ever been put out there. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there in in 2017, 2018 football season, but that might be the one that I actually laughed and was I've like, had friends tell me what that an they're, idiot. they're boycotting OU football. If somebody told me that, I'd say fine. Do it. I encourage you to do it. I just say Cuz there's no quicker way to out yourself as a I just tell them to stop texting me about when yeah, I don't, soup's getting fired. <laughs> I don't care, man. <laughs> And then they get mad at me because I won't write an article saying he should be fired. Do your do your do your friends have kind of a misrepresentation of where you are in the world? Like I feel like my friends and family they think if I write the story, <laughs> it's just going to magically yeah. come true. Like yeah. things are going to just change. Like you're giving football. me way too much power. Yeah, I'm like I'm nothing. Like no, they don't care what I think about anything. So. Like if, if they really, th- I think some people think that if I write that story, then Joe Castiglione will read it and go, "Oh, well, we have to get rid of him now." Gary <laughs> Murdoch's all in. Can he come to my office? <laughs> we got. <laughs> did did we, you see that Gary Murdoch wrote that? We got to make a Mike move. Story? We got to make a move. <laughs> can you can you get me a defensive coordinator list right now? I need it on my desk yesterday. They were well. Uh, let's wait until Kerry puts his hot board up. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll who I, we can hire. Guys, I, I want to say, you know, we've talked about me being up at my in-laws. I, uh, my in-laws are Oklahoma State fans, uh, obviously living near Stillwater. That's, that's somewhat self-explanatory. But I have found out that apparently I have won them a lot of favor due to our podcast apparently being a big deal in the Oklahoma oil fields. So Very nice. They, well, shout out to you folks in the oil fields. Exactly. To the guys driving the drill, trucks. Drill, baby, drill. On the wells. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they have a lot of just money. wanted to. Those guys make some good bank. 
the real rough. If nothing, just just buttering up my in laws or nothing else. So it works all the way around for me. That's very always nice. good to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, we'll probably get back to ratings and reviews at some point here soon. Need to because judging by this podcast, we've got we've got time to fill and to kill. <laughs> this is this is a rough podcast that we've done today. Uh, but yeah, we've had uh, quite a few extra reviews recently, so we need to catch up on that. We'll do that here soon. Uh, but look, signing day is coming up on Wednesday. Uh, everything, I mean, but you know what we were saying earlier, everything happens before sign. I mean, there are going to be a few things you're going to find out about Michael Thompson. You're going to find out about more. Well, is Moro announcing on signing day? Nobody seems to know, and like that's what I'm talking about with that kid. He just there's no. Does he not have a not cell phone? Like, or does he just have no interest in talking to people? No, I I have spoken to him through text a couple of times. I know Bob has as well, but like you you have to ask yes and no mm-hmm. answers. Like you're not going to get anything that's going to really expand on your question. Like just hey, Moro, are you awake? Yes. Okay, great. Let's place the start. So. <laughs> That it has to be real direct, and I, and I don't want that to make it sound like I. I want to say he was like academic all district. He's one of the top like fifty kids in his own class. So it's not a he's a dumb kid. He just doesn't want to talk. He he's just not playing the game. He won't. He's not gonna play my game. And that's Eddie. cool. But I think hasn't Michael Thompson announced that he will have an announcement? Yeah, December seventh. Okay. Uh, February February seventh. February seventh. Jeez, yeah. did I just say December? Yeah. I wish yeah. it was December. I mean, Time travel's sweet, Eddie. I've watched a lot of Back to the Future lately, too. So I think OU will finish their class with Brandon Radley-Hiles. <laughs> oh! Putting it out there. Okay. Hey, th- the one guy that we haven't talked about, Josh, and you mentioned him earlier, was uh, Calvin Anderson, the Rice transfer. Yeah. Uh, where does OU stand right now? It sounds like you know he's Bruce Feldman ran something yesterday, and it sounded like Oklahoma wasn't in the quote-unquote top-tier uh, I think Chuck Carlton from the Dallas Morning News ran something, and it sounded kind of almost like OU is a little bit closer than maybe Feldman had have felt like. So where do you think things stand right now? Well, what I think is really interesting is that he's clearly, you know, from the Feldman story and things he said to me, he's probably less than a month away from making a choice, like maybe even two or three weeks. And he's supposed to go to Auburn on February 16th. And what he had told me, so I guess two weeks from today as we record, and he had told me that he was going to visit, after Lincoln Riley's visit with him on Tuesday, I believe, he is going to set up a visit for Oklahoma the following weekend. There is a good chance that that's his final official visit. And if that's the case, when you look, I mean, you just have to look to the facts. The top two schools in his tier right now are Texas and Michigan, the two schools he's visited. And he likes Auburn and Oklahoma in his next group. Those are his next two visits. So you have to think Oklahoma's in striking distance. They can say, Calvin, you could come in here and plug into our offensive line. We got a chance with you to, again, have maybe the best offensive line in the country. And we can just pick up right where we left off with Orlando. Bobby stays at right tackle. Everybody's happy. And Would that make Bobby Evans happy? It's a good. It's a fair point. That that that's that would be really interesting to see how OU would yeah. handle that. He's never really Bobby struck would, me as a guy that's like, oh, I want to be a left tackle someday. Yeah, and I think I, we even talked about it a little bit. Is it during like the leading up to the bowl I game? Think, I think we talked about it all the way back in fall camp. Just as far as like, kind of what you said. I I don't think that like becoming OU's left tackle 
is the end all be all. I yeah. think he'd be happy with the right tackle. He's going to make money at the next level. Yeah. So, and that's becoming sorry, less cut, and less of a thing. Like it, you look at the NFL. I mean, Lane Johnson made All Pro as a right tackle. That never happens. And that's I, I think you're just starting to see that left side right side thing. It's 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 still important because most quarterbacks are right handed. But you're not seeing defenses that are like, well, we're going to put our best pass rusher at right end. Well, if your if your worst pass blocker is going to be on the left side, we're going to put it at left end. I mean, it's not it's yeah. not real rocket science here. We're going to line him up against your most vulnerable point. So I think you're seeing that fade a little bit anyways. And anybody that watches Bobby Evans, it's just a matter of him learning to play left tackle. The athleticism, that's there. He's going to be fine. Well, I mean, look, so, at, look at OU. They never put Oboe. I mean, he was always over the right tackle. Yeah. Yep. He was always rushing on that side of the, the ball. Not to change subject, but sounds like, you know, we were talking about the combat or the senior bowl. It sounded like he did really well for himself down in Mobile. Yeah. I, I mean. Power football focus had just been talking him up. Like, Yeah. I mean, just the they, number they, of rushes they and all love that stuff. Him. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got, look, he's not. Von Miller, but he's he's got some aspects of his game, the speed. Um, you know, he's more powerful. I think what he he proved at the Senior Bowl is he's more powerful than people thought. And you know, I think a big part of Oboe and him, you know, maybe not having just that. He had a good year. Did he have? You know, he didn't. He didn't have like a a, a Lombardi winning type year though, because I just think he plays so many plays. And plays so hard, like he could be better in the NFL just because they're gonna gonna have him on a pitch count a little bit compared to what he did at OU. Like OU, he was all they had, so they just he knew he, that he was all they had, so he just went all out every play, every game, which probably meant that you never really got the best of of Oboe. I agree, and and I agree completely with the point that it was. I think he surprised people with how strong he was at the point of attack. Like he's not just a pure pass rusher. That people always forget. And Eddie was down there that day with me. Oh, I guess not the day that he had committed, but we actually saw Oboe. Oboe played defensive tackle in high school at six A level in Texas. I mean, this isn't a guy that grew up. You know, oh well, he's a safety. We're going to turn him into a linebacker. This is a guy that actually spun up instead of down. So he's. He's a really unique guy, and I think a better player than people realize. And I agree completely, Eddie or Kerry, that he has a chance to fit NFL schemes better than he did Oklahoma's. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. You know what? I, by the way, I noticed Baker's in Minnesota, and he's still with his Instagram girl. They're hey, still met together. Justin Timberlake last night. He I did. With, yeah, yeah. He took a picture with Justin Timberlake. He wow, had it all I didn't out. See that. I missed that. It's what happens when the Thunder play a shitty game. And oh, he put it out this morning. It. It'd be interesting. Um, and rumor has it uh, he could be uh, doing a pizza review at some point this week. No way. With the Prez. Yeah. He knows what Saturdays I mean, are for. If there's ever been an athlete that fits Barstool better than Baker, I can't imagine it. Well, it's Johnny Manziel, but... Well, fair enough. You're right. You're right. It that immediately that doesn't yeah. do well for our narrative. Johnny, Johnny, I would say Johnny Manziel is more like uh, fifth year. Yeah, maybe so. 
He's due he's, for a good relapse, I would say, in the next three months. <laughs> There'll probably be a video of him, yeah. I mean, he's trying to come back, but when it all comes crashing down, he's going to put together one of those videos of him jumping off of a upper floor onto a table down below. Those I think he's going to become a part of Bill's Mafia. My God, I hate the Bill's Mafia so much. <laughs> I mean, just... Interesting You want to talk about people that just... It would be fine if they got wiped wiped off the face of the planet. It's Bill's Mafia. Just the city of Buffalo? I don't think most of those people even give a damn about football. No. They're just there to party. They're just there to party, they set are, things on fire, and jump on tables. Bill's Mafia is... And maybe it's just this says more about the, the Northeast and the East Coast, but they are what we know in the Big 12 as West Virginia fans. <laughs> West Virginia fans look heartily cultured compared to Bill's Mafia. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, I think that's just At the upstate that New York At least West Virginia thing. fans can read and write. I don't know that Bill's Mafia yeah, can. I don't know about that. Have you seen the signs <laughs> they hang outside there? Yeah, but the West Virginia people that we see and interact with. I've had no problems with West Virginia people. We've been oh, up no, there three I, times. I've I never had any problems. I haven't either, but. I hate their roads and their hills. I don't know if we get the full effect of Morgantown because of the time we're of the year that we're usually up there. We're in a college environment, too. Well, yeah, that and just like usually the the kids are out of school when we go up there because they do the, the year round or quarter yeah. yeah. So I don't think we've really a- actually ever received the full West Plus Virginia OU's feel. beaten them. Yeah. And they leave earlier than any fan base I've ever seen. Got to go party. They give up like they leave at halftime. They left at halftime of that game when it was snowing. Yeah. Got to go party. Like empty. And they and they actually made a decent comeback in that second half. So I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Uh, I, think, I think we're we're at a good wrapping up point. Yeah, just Josh, before you get out of here, Trey John Bridges had a pretty big offer this morning, uh, being that. offered by Alabama. Yeah, he did. I mean, that he's one of those guys. I can't wait to go see this spring because I've never. I've been around him at camps, but I, he wasn't one of the guys I was watching. So I, I really haven't had a chance to sit down and just watch him play. I know there are some people around Norman that think if they had to choose between him, Theo, and RJ, they'd choose him. Uh, they, the OU likes him a lot. So I, that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. I want to watch him. Obviously, we'll hope to get him to some of the Adidas camps this spring, you know, when all the guys will be there and get to watch them compete. But uh, for I guess I've kind of buried the lead here. Picked up the Alabama offer. Uh, for those who are automatically going to worry, I, I don't buy that. I, I think he is a guy that has completely bought into Lincoln Riley and his vision and oh, what God, they're going to be offensively. With and, the way Lincoln I, Riley recruits, all he has to do is get him on a, on a whiteboard. I mean, just, yep. just show him the offense, man. I mean, if there's anybody that, that could be negative recruited, it would be – a wide receiver to Alabama. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason for you to... I don't know why Calvin Ridley ever went to Alabama. I don't know why Julio Jones... Well, Julio Jones is in the NFL making a bunch of money. It doesn't matter. But well, we know why he went. Um, but why would you oh. go to Alabama? Dodge Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about, uh, you know, just as particularly with a wide receiver position, Lincoln Riley can walk into any living room and be like, why would I you turned D.D. Westbrook into a Blitnikoff. Yeah. Then I lost him. And have then you heard of the, Hollywood Brown? Yeah, and then I had the freshman all. And then I had a freshman All-American, true yeah. freshman. 
they're doing fine at the wide receiver position. There's no doubt about that. You know, the school that the guy that Oklahoma fans might worry about if Alabama offers is the guy that Bob and I had a chance to talk to uh, this past uh. week was Marcus Major over at Millwood. And that's an interesting just his rise has been interesting, Josh. I can't remember a guy and maybe <laughs> coincidentally, maybe Josh Jacobs who ended up at Alabama, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been a guy that just like came out of nowhere almost. Like I I'll be completely honest. I Nate Faken from Channel Four had asked me if I had heard of him. I was like, No, I think Millwood's really good. I I couldn't have told you though about Marcus Major before everything started to happen for him. And then, of he course, a, when he got the endorsement from JD. Yeah, no, I mean, he was a guy that I I had heard, you know, like he'd picked up an offer. Um, I want to say, may, I, I can't remember. It was it was a mid, like maybe like SMU or something like that, like a while back. And I went and looked at his tape, and I, I mean, I was kind of doing other stuff, and I just was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. And then he picked up an Arkansas offer, and I was like, well, okay, let me go look again. And I watched, I was like, holy crap, he's really good. You know, and that was when I was like, that's a top five guy in the state. There was no question. So there were several guys, he and um, Trace Ford from Edmund Santa Fe. I mean, there are a couple of guys in that 2019 class that are starting to emerge as maybe guys for OU. So they're, 2019 is not going to supply Oklahoma with a lot of talent as far as their in-state group, but they're starting to be belief. And, you know, for those who missed it, I mean, J.D. Runnels, this is not a guy that says this kind of stuff. Like, he doesn't fly off the handle. He compared the kid to Adrian Peterson. And I know it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, and, and discount him however you want to. Adrian worked out with uh, with J.D. for two years. Like, I, I don't know many guys that could know Adrian and his skill set much better at that same point in time. So, and, and he's not saying that this guy's 6'2 and 215, like, He's just talking about how good he was going through the workout he put him through and how he was just that much better than everybody else around him. And he was work. JD trains a lot of good athletes and that kid stood out from all of them. And so that, that tells you something right there. I mean, that th- this kid's pretty special. I, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, Josh, when's the last time a great running back came out of the state of Oklahoma, like on a national level, James Allen, yeah. I mean, I mean if you you're can, talking about you can, at the high can, school level Like, now. right now, you could say Justice Hill is one of the country's best running backs. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And be totally justified in saying that. Sure. Sure. But, like, I, Keewon Jones never lived up to the hype. Mm-mm. DJ Wolf got moved to corner. Yeah. I mean, he was a big... I mean, people forget DJ Wolf was a top 50 guy in the country when he came out of Eisenhower. He was a big deal. Warren Wands um, over at Arkansas State doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Having a nice little career. I mean, there's plenty of good ones, but there's just not many great ones. Um, and, you know, James Allen, he's if, I mean, he was more of a, oh, he was a huge deal at Winniewood, and he had a nice career at OU and ended up having probably a better NFL career than he did a time at OU. The Bears mainly? Was that where he was with? Yep. You yep. know, huh? Trying to think. The last running back out of Oklahoma to play in the NFL might have been... The kid that went to Stanford? No. You talking about the kid from PC North? Yeah, Deji Cream. Yeah. I mean, he he had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but he returned to kick. I mean, he, he took Who am carries. I thinking of that played for the Colts, Josh? The Deji Oklahoma. played for the Colts. But the, there's oh, a, you're, thinking of, you're, you're thinking of TJ Rushing. Oh, TJ yeah, Rushing yeah, yeah. is who I'm thinking of, yep. yeah. Is, yep. He, he's in coaching now, isn't he? Is he at Arizona right. State, maybe? 
or Arizona? I want to say he was a grad assistant at Stanford for a little while. And let's see. He's a defensive backs coach for the University, University of Memphis. Okay. I think that's new, though. I think that is like this year. He was with Arizona State possibly last year under uh, uh, Headset Boy. Eddie is dead right. 2016 to 2018, the DB's coach at Arizona State. I thought wow. I, I the only reason I knew nice. that is because because uh, I don't like what's his name. Uh, God, I can't remember his name now. Arizona oh, State. Todd Graham. Todd Graham. Jesus. I met Todd Graham in high school, and he was the head coach at Allen. I bet he was a prick then, just as he is now. Bag then. Yeah. I, know, yep. I, I, I mean, I know now the best Oklahoman running back in recent memory. If you count NFL career included, it's Duell Brewer. I have no idea who that is. Lot and high. You don't know Duell Brewer? Uh uh-uh. uh. Wow. That makes me feel old, Eddie. Is he older than me? I'm sure. Yeah, he he's was, older what? than he was a year older than I am. I okay. think. Okay. What was he at? Carry probably like eighty nine to ninety two. I mean, he and Charles like Thompson that. played together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or was he after Charles? I think uh-huh. he was after Charles. Like, because, like I said, I I remember going to games when Duell was there. He was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. Um, let's see. But he had a long NFL career. A long NFL career. No, he didn't. Played one year for the Colts. I thought he played for like ten years. He was also a member of the Panthers. Like, there's. Let me see. Uh, Carolina Panthers or the Black Panthers? <laughs> wow, Carolina. As far as I know, I cannot talk about after affiliations. I, I do not know that story. Let's see. Never mind. Then my memory is completely shit. Yep. He played sixteen games for the Colts in '94. Did not log a carry. '94. Mm-hmm. Didn't log a single carry? No, that's what it says. That's on his stats. No, he must have because he's got three fumbles. So they must. The stats <laughs> they must just couldn't give him the ball anymore. <laughs> yeah, the stats must just be incorrect because he has three fumbles, but he has no carries registered on NFL.com. So, so James Yikes. Allen then is still better. Yeah. Uh, I could have swore he had like a five or six year career with the Colts. I don't know why I remember it that way. Yeah. Um, I guess oh, what could, about I mean, what about the guy player, Demond Parker? What about the guy that went to USC from Lawton Ike that died? Didn't he? Did McFadden, he die? Dwight McFadden, Dwight McFadden. Yeah. Yep. He got the who? Who did he play for in the NFL? Did he Raiders? Because he tore up his knee at SC and he was never quite the same. Okay, maybe he never did. Let's see. Um, NFL. It's exciting as we Google things. On All right, internet. yeah, we're, podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't think he, I don't think he made it to the NFL for all those hanging on your Dwight McFadden, the edge of your seat. Big Hoops so. weekend ahead leading into National Signing Day next week. There's your wrap. Better chance that OU goes 2-0, and 1-1, one and one, or 0-2 oh before we record uh, next week. 1-1 one and because one they're on the road. I think they're, I, I they're going to go 2-0. I have to see him win on the road. Right. I think that I think they're going to win on Saturday. We will see, though. Texas isn't terrible. Texas isn't terrible, but it's a game that Oklahoma should win. But they're on the road, so the, I won't the, put should. They haven't went on a, on the road in a month. So yes, correct. If Brady Manick can hit more than three three pointers, they'll win. Brady Manick was born to play on the road against Texas. Hopefully, Christian James is over his flu. He and the rest of the team doesn't have it. He practiced a little bit at the end of practice yesterday. He got out there when they did a bunch of team stuff. Uh, 
Kruger said after practice, though, that he expects him and Jamani McNeese to uh, be good to go on Saturday. Did he have the flu, too, or just the ankle? It's still, still that ankle thing. And I, I don't even know if it's the ankle. is more so the inside of the foot. And, you know, with big guys, I know that's kind of a worrisome area. So um, He's been crap since he had that injury. Yeah, he had, he, I mean, well, he didn't even he play in the second blocks. half against yeah. uh, uh, Baylor. So just got to get like, better. It was on, a Kansas game, the, the, the game right after he hurt it, right? Yeah, yeah, because he got hurt in uh, Stillwater. I, guys, um, oh, damn it. Oh, I know my thought. We talked about Brady Manick. Do I have to accept responsibility for Brady Manick's swoon? Because I made the comment, we had the whole Tyler Neal conversation, and Tyler got upset. Oh, yeah. And I feel like he's been a little shaky ever What's since. What's up, Tyler? Yeah, that... Tyler, we want the fro back, all right? Bring the fro back. For sure. The fro is a must. If I you can wanna, grow it, do it. I just want to see West be able to beat North. That hasn't happened in a while. Another, another win over about a week ago, I guess. We went, hey, we won the tournament, Eddie. We won the tournament. That's yeah. all I can say. We we'll, took the we'll PC see you there. We'll see you there. <laughs> hey, speaking of, the, the Putnam City rivalry is strong with two West guys in the uh, Sooner State 45 and one North guy that was the highest ranked of the three. So Putnam City did win out, though. So Colin Clay is the highest ranked uh, Putnam City individual. I'm we'll see to. on the field or the court, <laughs> wherever you want to go. Josh, have you ever been to Sylvia's Enchilada Kitchen? No, but I'm interested automatically. I bought an Enchilada book. Cookbook. Oh, is it in Houston? Yeah. That must, no. This must be shit then. No, no, that's not true. It, it's, uh, it sounds sort of familiar, but no, I mean... It, guys, like once I find a place I really like, it's really hard for me to go some other place. So now they've actually built an LTMPO down by Tiffany and I's house, and we've—it's everything I can do not to go there every time we eat Mexican food. So that's really good. It's it's outrageously good. It's it's my favorite by far. This book says that that they have three Sylvia's Enchilada kitchens in Houston. Okay, we can hit one of those up for sure. The thing that. When I, whenever I'm in she's Oklahoma, writing a cookbook, it must not be that successful. <laughs> the thing that I have to that I, that has to change the breakfast taco scene in Oklahoma City is just not what it needs to be. It's too easy to make good breakfast tacos for Oklahoma City to have no breakfast taco game. I think that. I mean, Josh, I, I'll be honest. I the only breakfast taco that I really would know about would be, and that it'd be a breakfast burrito, and that's from Rudy's. I don't even know where you would go in Oklahoma Dude, City. Rudy's stuff is awesome. It is really good. That brisket that's, tacos. That's best. Oh. That's the best. I mean, well, there's big truck tacos, but I, I think they try and put too much stuff in theirs. That's my only gripe with them. Where at? If I come big back, I tacos. may have to start oh, a taco yeah. shop. I'm just never over there during the. I never. When I get tacos from there, I never think about getting the breakfast side of it. Yeah, Usually we've dinner. gotten. Dusty brought us a whole sack of. They're good though. Bre- They're not uh, terrible. Taco, breakfast tacos from there before. Fuzzy's makes pretty good breakfast taco. All right. Well, Josh, we appreciate it. Uh, we will get. Uh, we're sorry we're doing this podcast so late in the week, but uh, schedules just worked out that way. So we'll be back, hopefully at our normal times next week, uh, with. Signing day behind us. We'll do a signing day uh, special for you guys. 
uh, next week after after a Wednesday. Uh, OU basketball updates. Uh, maybe a doubtful we'll have more on the spring game. We did talk to Benny Wiley finally uh, and Shane Beamer. I thought both those guys were really cool to talk to. I can see why Shane Beamer is uh, why everybody keeps hiring him. I he can't get like over the fact really how much he looks him. like Frank Beamer. Like I, I, you can see his dad in him, or at least I could. It's kind of weird. I think he's gonna be really good though. Can't make any jokes about that thing on his neck around him either. Uh, uh, that, that wouldn't be cool. I, I don't take shots at people individually, so. I never, I, I never knew what that was. I think it was like a. I mean, is it like cancerous or? I I think it's some type of like. I don't know about defect. It's not like, but a like a goiter. I don't. Yeah, think. I'm I'm really not sure. He seems like Beamer though. Seems like he's going to be really good. He's already out on the recruiting trail. If they block one kick next year, <laughs> that's like it's worth it. Okay. It has been so long since they've had a big play in special teams. Like not not just returns, but just a block. Uh, anything. Okay. My last memory of a block kick absolutely cannot be the last time, and that was when Jason Carter blocked the kick against LSU. They've got to have blocked a kick since then. The last time I they mean, blocked... It might be. Matt Diamond blocked a kick. Oh, yeah, he did at Kansas. Um, okay, okay, good. I think the Matt Diamond punt block is the last one at Kansas. They used to have them in the game notes. I don't know if we have and them. Technically, does it count? Does what count? If you do something against Kansas, does that even count uh, as a yeah. real thing? Well, if you're a defensive lineman, it should count. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And especially a short one. That had to be – Matt had to really jump. No, it was on like the one-yard line because it ended up being a safety. Nice. If I remember correctly. Yeah, it was in the end zone. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Make special teams great again. All right. That's going to do it <laughs> for this edition of the Unofficial 40. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys again next week right back here on the Unofficial 40. Go subscribe to uh, Soonerscoop.com. Soonerscoop.com. Subscribe. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.